I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I am going to review the um, Amazon Prime show, Fleabag. Okay, so over the Memorial Day weekend, I didn't do much. I kind of just chilled. Actually, that's not true. I went to a brunch on Saturday, um, hung out, you know, on Sunday, um, did the huge on Sunday, went to church, uh, and then hung out real hard. Um, and then Saturday, or then um, uh, Sunday, you know, not Sunday, but Monday, Memorial Day itself, went to cookouts, of course, had no intention of cooking, although I did make some cookies. Because, duh, I mean, you got to have cookies. Anyhow, so um, went on a day trip like a dummy all the way to um, Shenandoah Park in Virginia, which is from where I am. It's like almost two hours. So me and the hubby took a little trip down there just just to go there. Didn't realize that you had to pay to get in that park. Probably should have looked it up on Google um, to find that out. But, oof. Feelings were hurt when we pulled up into one of the park entrances and saw $15 uh, per passenger. Swiftly went up to the uh, to the, the window and said, can you please let us leave this park uh, without paying because we were not prepared for the expense and promptly let us go around. But I felt like a dummy because I'm usually more prepared than that. But anyway, um, I digress. So anyway, I had a relatively uneventful um Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend, and it was on purpose because I really didn't want to do much. I, I told you how busy my week was uh, last week, and so I had no intention of doing anything serious. Anyway, um, so I, I, though I did venture out of the house a couple of times, I made sure that I was not going to be anywhere near theater only because I just didn't want to, despite the movies that were coming out. Um, so I didn't catch Aladdin this weekend. And apparently a ton of people didn't catch Booksmart because a couple of folks in, uh, on uh, Twitter and social media are frustrated that it didn't really gross as much money on such a blockbuster, you know, m- um, money-making uh, weekend for, um, for movies. And, you know, apparently there's a whole bunch of, whole host of reasons for that. Some people think that Booksmart... Um, which, by the way, it's basically like a coming-of-age story or like a teen flick. Blah, blah, blah. Two white girls, super smart, feel like they're, they're graduating but feel like they haven't done anything in high school, decide they want to do something, so they go to parties and get into stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, maybe it's your cup of tea, but it's not mine. Um, anyway, um, never has been, even when I was in high school. I never liked high school flicks. Not, not ever. I just didn't like it. Anyway, um, I had more sophisticated tastes. Anyway, um, so, um, so yeah, so one of the things that folks are uh, saying that the movie had against them was that they only had 1,200 screens across the country, which doesn't sound like a few screens to me, sounds like a lot, but in terms of like, you know, if you think about when um, Us came out, like one of the big theaters near me, like every, almost every screen was devoted to it. Almost every screen was devoted to us. Um, so yeah, it, I, and I'm quite sure there were 1,200 screens just in Maryland. Shoot, Baltimore. Metro Baltimore. 
Baltimore and D.C. There were <laughs> there were uh, 1,200 screens devoted to us um, when uh, uh, when that came out. So I can appreciate you know 1,200 not being a big number when you're talking about trying to make a, a movie big bucks. The other thing that other people were pointing out was that this movie was also up against um, a heavy hitter in Aladdin, and as for as much buzz and as much foolery that went around uh, Will Smith, whether or not he was going to be blue um, and whatever accent or affect he was going to put on to be uh, the character, um, you know, uh, it had buzz. And so come on, childhood favorite. Come on. You could bring your kids today to it. Come on. Um, So, of course, and it's a predominantly brown castle. There's that. No shade, but all shade. Anyhow, um, I'm saying, and plus Will Smith, it's Will Smith. Everybody loves Will Smith. Everybody loves Will Smith's Instagram. Come on. Anyway, so you had this uh, movie, which is very niche. You can't bring kids to Booksmart. And not every teen is going to enjoy Booksmart. You know, and, and adults probably are not into Booksmart. Some, uh, you know, it's, an, it's uh, I was listening to another show, um, keep it i was listening to keep it and ira and them were saying you know it was such a niche market that you should have you probably tried to advertise for the show better to the target out your target audience just a little bit better and i don't know anything about that i just know when i saw the previews in the theater i was not amused and not a lot the you know the folks that were in the uh, theater seeing what i'm seeing didn't look like they were enthusiastic about it either um and i don't know why that is could be a number of different reasons um but nevertheless folks are butthurt about um uh booksmart not grossing enough money in its opening um weekend i think it only grossed 29 million which again sounds like a real big number to me i don't know what their budget was but it sounds like a real big number to me anyhow um but i didn't go see fast color i mean i didn't go to go see uh, booksmart but i did want to point out that uh fast color that movie that i reviewed that i cannot wait to see um, apparently it was in theaters, but it only had like 25 screens. So what a travesty. I want to see it. I can't wait. I need one of these streaming services to pick it up. I need Netflix to pick it up. I need Amazon Prime to pick it up or something. In- improve your reputation for uh, strong black uh, le- woman leads, uh, Netflix. you talking all this uh, stuff about strong black leads. Okay, well, here's your opportunity to add more beyond uh she's got to have it which i am not watching that second season you can't i'm not doing it i don't care i'm not doing i saw the preview and i'm not amused anyway i am sidetracked anyhow um but yeah so just for perspective uh booksmart had 1200 screens over the weekend and their butt hurt about not grossing enough money fast color only had like 20 or so 20 or 25 so you know that movie was not set up for success um and there's an argument there there's a conversation there that i hope can be Uh, talked about and some action put to it anyway so while I was not watching uh while I was not in the theater watching Booksmart um or any other film that came out this weekend I was at home watching binge watching seasons one and two of Fleabag on Amazon Prime and real quick um just to share I I enjoy this show um, again, although I have real problems with Amazon Prime and how many, you know, how many shows they feature that do not include uh, black lead fe- uh, characters, and if they do, it's like those old, uh, it's either those old black exploitation films or it's like hood classics, which 
you know they those genre that genre of films has their place but like i want to see more nuanced characters that are brown i need to see it i absolutely need to see it and there's no reason in this day and age that as much money as y'all make as many stories that as there are out there to tell that you keep putting the same people that your characters aren't brown that some shade of brown it's unacceptable that you only have like one or two lead characters that are brown and everybody else is white that you can have every every shade of black represented in one character but have one hue like one dimension of white people like they're just white people there's no they don't embrace any culture or what have you they're just regular degular but like the brown people that you put in there have to be extraordinary in some way they have to have something special about them you always you know you go out of your way to make something about them special um and i'm over it and you ought to be over it too because you make two doggone you make too much money these days amazon um to be this basic Nevertheless, some of the some of the shows that are predominantly white casts are pretty good. It's just I want them to do better. And Fleabag is certainly one of those. And I'll go into that later. But I enjoyed the show overall. I really did. Um, And so real quick, I'll give you history on Fleabag before I talk about uh, seasons one and two. Uh, Fleabag stars Phoebe Walker Bridge as Fleabag, the main character, which, wow, girl, you called your character Fleabag Um, for reasons which we will come to in a second. Um, Her sister Claire is played by this woman whose name I'm, I'm butchering and I've never seen this name before. Um, it's either Sian, it's S-I-A-N. I've never seen it before. So it's either Sian, Sian, um, Clifford. And it's Olivia Coleman as her God, as uh, Claire and Fleabag's godmother, Bill Patterson as their uh, father, uh, Jenna Rainsford as Fleabag's deceased best friend, which I'll talk about uh, in season and when I go over season one. Uh, Brett German as Claire's uh, Fleabag's sister's husband, and Andrew Scott, which plays the priest um, in season two, which I will talk about um, when I get to that segment. Um, like I said, the show is pretty good, and there's a reason why her, the main character, Phoebe is um called fleabag so i will dive into season one um i will have some spoilers in there but not enough to make you not watch the show um so yeah stay tuned okay so uh fleabag is a british show whose main character is named fleabag and she's trash But we come to realize that some pretty devastating things have happened in her life um, and she really truly hasn't dealt with those devastating things. And so as a result, she engages in some risky behavior um, and you kind of get the sense that she just kind of going through the motions in life. She's just kind of there Um, and her general malaise in life could be interpreted as how and go with me on this one just stretch real real long and wide with me on this one but it you know her general malaise and risky behavior and just lackluster approach to life could be interpreted as her depression um and how her depression is manifesting because she hasn't dealt with these very traumatic things that have happened um in her life and so season one we follow Fleabag kind of down the drain as she mistreats her boyfriend um her sister Claire and blames her father for their strained relationship um 
which we come to find out that the both the sisters Claire and Fleabag have a weird relationship with their father but you know we take a step back and we realize their mother passed away and it was devastating to all three of them that unit and you come to know that you come to understand that Claire and her father have similar personalities and that the father says on more than one occasion kind of gently you remind me a lot of your mother and you you understand that you know that he's not saying that his mother is tr- that her mother is trash um that you know his wife was trash but that her, her his wife was like the life of the party bubbly and and kind of had a great outlook on things and you know kind of kept the family going and then with her loss there was a void um and and they all truly hadn't really dealt with it together as a family. And, you know, while they were grieving, here comes their godmother, the, the Claire and um, Fleabag's godmother, coming to consult, console um, the father. And in consoling him, they build a relationship. And before you know it, he's healing and being supported by the godmother. And she's coming in and they're in a relationship. And both Claire and Fleabag hate it. Because, again, they kind of haven't had the opportunity to heal from the loss of their mother, even though it was years ago. Um, They haven't had an opportunity to to heal as a family. And they, whether right or wrong, they weren't a part of him, the father, healing and moving on either. And you could argue that there's a way for all all three of them to kind of heal and move on and be able to accept the presence of the godmother in the life of her, her father, their father. You could also argue that it's none of the kids' business and they should just allow the, the father to move on. And the show kind of posits both. Do you know what I mean? It, it kind of says, you know, both of these are true at the same time. It's, it's really not... It, the happiness of the father is really all about the father. And you should, you should want the father to be happy and move on, even if it's with your godmother, who is weird. But at the same time, the family is owed this opportunity to kind of breathe together collectively and kind of exhale and through that release of that breath release of the anxiety and stress and that kind of hurt at the loss of the mom and so anyway but none of that has happened and so it's weird the kids uh claire and and fleabag really don't talk to the father except on occasion um and when they do it's awkward because their awkward godmother who will you know is in in the father's life right now is there and she's awkward too um, and she didn't, you know, she's kind of, she's just weird. All three of them are weird. All four of them are weird when they get together. Um, anyhow, but again, as this show follows Fleabag, um, you know, we circle back on in on her and Fleabag owns a failing hamster themed cafe that she opened and used to own with her best friend. Um, her best friend, I came to the understanding that her first friend, her best friend had a lot of the good qualities and traits that her mother had, um, because truly we come to believe the show wants you to know that Fleabag really loved her best friend, uh, who was named Boo, whose name I really hate. I really hate that name. Couldn't tell you why I hate it. I just do. Anyway, you know that Boo really loved, uh, or Fleabag really loved Boo and Boo really loved Fleabag in that way that their sisters love each other. And tell each other everything and win together, fail together. Like, you could tell that they were close. And so, not only is Fleabag suffering from the, the, that void that is the loss of her mother, but then she's also missing her heartbeat, which was her best friend, Boo. And you learn that Boo died tragically. 
and it was ruled a suicide, but Fleabag in a drunken stupor shares to this poor cabbie that's taken her home um, that it was an accident, that Boo had found out that her uh, boyfriend had cheated on her. And so as a way to get back at her boyfriend, Boo decided um, that she was going to harm herself. She was going to run in front of a bicyclist and, and get hurt enough to go to the hospital. Um, and then when her boyfriend would run to her side, she would refuse to see him as a way to punish him. Um, and, you know, she would for an undetermined length of time, maybe a short period of time. And then she would accept him back into her, her arms and then they would get back together and he'd be all apologetic and never hurt her again. Unfortunately, her plan backfires. Um, not only does she, so she gets hit by the bicycle, um, but she gets hit by the bicycle, flies up in the air, and then gets hit by her car too. And of course, she dies from her injuries. And so that is devastating. And I think the show handled it pretty well um, because she's telling it while she's drunk. And you get the sense that she's still hurt, not only of the loss of her best friend, but the why. Um, or, and, and again, not in a tragic way, although that was pretty traumatic, but like you get the sense that there's something there, that there's something else. Like she feels guilty about the death, but you're not really sure why is it? She just feels guilty because she knew that that was her friend's plan, her best friend's plan and that she didn't stop her from doing that. You get the sense that that's the reason why Fleabag is, is distraught over that still. And as a reason why she's just kind of going through life, going through the motions in life because she feels guilty about her best friend's death. Um, but what we come to learn is that at the end of, at the end of the uh, season, there's a fight between her, um, there's a fight between her sister and her. And some very hurtful things are said between them. Um, her sister Fleabag is trying to convince Claire to leave her husband, who is basically trash, um, super trash. And her sister, you know, her uh, Fleabag shares and uh, basically shares something that her uh, Claire's husband basically came on to Fleabag. And Fleabag lies a lot, but you could tell that in this moment that she was being sincere and that and that when her when she told Claire that um, that Claire's husband had come on to her, Claire believed her, even though she knows that Claire lies a lot or that that Fleabag lies a lot. Claire believed her in that moment. But at the end of the show, it's it's clear that, um, you know, they're they're at this event that neither one of them wants to be at, but they're there anyway. And there's a moment where Fleabag and Claire meet up face to face and um, Fleabag is like, you know, but I thought you were going to leave your husband. He came on to me. And then Claire's like, nope, that's not true. Um, my husband told me different. And Claire or Fleabag is just taken aback as anyone would be, especially someone who was telling the truth and but wasn't believed. And so in fighting and struggling to convince her sister Claire that she really was telling the truth, that her husband is really is a scumbag, um, some harsh things are said. And Claire says, oh, you know, she came, he came on to you, you know, you sure you're not telling the truth? Just like you, you sure you're telling the truth that you didn't come on to him like you came on, like you, um, like you had sex with Boo's boyfriend? Boom. Big, 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 big bombshell. 
Um, and so we come to know that not only is she distraught over, I just told you a huge spoiler and I, and I'm sorry, but I really do want you to see the show. Um, and I'll put notes in the, I'll put no show. Uh, I'll put the spoiler warning in the show, but uh, in the show notes, but you really should see this, but yeah, we come to find out that the person that her, um, booze boyfriend cheated on was Fleabag. And then that's why she's kind of gone in the spiral. So not only does she feel guilty about, like she feels guilty about her friend Boo's death because regardless of the plan, she's the reason why her, why Boo was distraught in the first place. Yikes. And so season one ends in that way where she's walking from the event and she's just crying and in tears. You see the, you see the, uh, the thumbnail for the show and she's got her makeup is smeared her mascara is running she's running because it's at the she's at the end of her wits and she knows that she's a flea bag and she is like oh i am trash and so there's that realization so yeah so that's season one which is really good and i know i gave you a spoiler a big fat spoiler but you should see it anyway because it's really good and season two is even better and so in the uh next segment i'll talk about season two All right, so on to Fleabag season two. Um, and so we open up and Fleabag is doing well. Um, her coffee shop is thriving thanks to some creative marketing and some events um, at the shop. And so, you know, uh, we meet up with Fleabag and she's going to this dinner with her sister claire and her claire's husband who's still a jerk um her their father and their godmother who is still very weird um but unlike how strained and weird the relationship ended with um the godmother and even the father to a certain extent with fleabag um and her and fleabag's sister claire um in season one season two opens and claire you know, she's still with her husband. She has a strangely positive outlook on life. Um, Fleabag, again, she's doing well. And um, their father and their godmother are getting married. And so they're at a dinner where they're planning some things out. And invited to the dinner, um, so you, you, know, you have Fleabag, Claire, Claire's husband, um, the father and the godmother. And then you have the introduction of this priest who um, is handsome in like a weird way. Like he's handsome, but I think it's because of his accent. And I don't know. I think he's handsome in a weird way. I don't know. In an unconventional way, he's handsome. Um, Anyway, so he's there and he's doing the priest role and blah, blah, blah. And gosh, the way that these people talk about religion is so hilarious because it's very white in terms of like white liberal, like, oh, um, the the godmother says this dumb thing like we wanted a church wedding with a priest because it was chic and retro or whatever like that i'm like girl like sometimes some of this is real people's like life so can you not be a douchebag but anyway um but i mean that such as the show it's it's kind of perfect in its imperfection and painting people is imperfect and again what we know is that the godmother is still super weird but nevertheless a match for um, the dad. 
So anyway, so he's introduced and Fleabag is immediately smitten with him. And, you know, she starts talking to the fourth wall and all of that stuff. And she's talking to us as the audience, as she did in the first season. Only this time she's her talk is a little bit different. Um, Blah, blah, blue. And there's a fight. There's at the end of the uh, Fleabag. She ends up getting a bloody nose and she's helping a waitress clean off her nose because her nose is bloody too. And um, the priest is very much in the picture. And it's clear from the very beginning that there's chemistry between the priest and Fleabag. Um, You can tell that the priest just has a really big heart and he's super sweet. And Fleabag is like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to smash. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's her, that's her focus because she's not, she's trying to be better than what she was in season one, but she's is still there and she still has needs and, and he's handsome to her. So anyway, um, so she begins to pursue him and, you know, um, so there's this weird back and forth between Fleabag and her sister. It's like throughout this whole second season, you can tell that Fleabag really loves her sister and that deep down in her, inside her sister really loves her and wants to protect her and keep her safe. But there's just, things in the way and one of the things in the way is is Claire's trash husband um and Claire knows he's trash and Claire knows that other people are interested in her but like she feels like a duty to him and her stepson and Fleabag is like what what duty what you talking about go live your life girl blah 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 blah. and so there are there are moments where they bond and then there are moments when that bond is destroyed um but again, you see that Fleabag, even when she's low and even when she's down, and there are a few things that happen in the season that I won't spoil that um, bring her down again, despite her shop being successful. Like just again, her coming to terms with her past again in season one, we find out that she was the reason why her her um, her best friend came up with that cockamamie scheme that ended up costing her her life. And she's trying to come to terms with the fact that her father is moving on and even her father is trying to come to terms with the fact that he's moving on from their mother um and his wife and so anyway Fleabag decides as a way to kind of again try to turn over a new leaf and start afresh she like goes head first into developing a friendship she calls it with the priest but we all know like girl you want him and he's struggling right now because, you know, he took a vow of celibacy, girl. You know, he can't be with nobody. He can be friends. But, like, you don't even want to be a friend, girl. You want to be in there. And and he does, too. <laughs> Let's be clear. He does, too. And so you, the push and pull between their relationship is, is kind of cute and it's kind of beautiful, too, um, because it, it's pure. And anyway... Um, yeah, you just, you, you, you know that, like, Fleabag is an atheist. Like, even in the promo, like, she's an atheist and she's after this priest whose whole life is devoted to God. And everything he does is in service to God. And so that was absurd to begin with. And again, the way that these people talk about religion is very white uh, and very white liberal, too. Um, but nevertheless, um, so yeah, but you still even though your brain tells you no, because this will never work out, you're still invested in their relationship anyway. And they have ups and downs and, and all of that stuff too. Um, and you, you feel like, you know, Fleabag is really trying to be better and she's trying to approach relationships better too. And with care, 
But at the same time, she still wants what she wants. And so, you know, throughout the season, the series, she always uh, Fleabag always breaks the fourth wall by looking into and talking to the camera. Um, and in this season, the priest, because of their bond and because of who he is, he um, sees her for who she, she is and notices that uh, she's talking to the fourth wall. And he's like, but but it's like he doesn't know who she's talking to, but she knows that she he he recognizes that she's talking to somebody. And that is is kind of a nod to him truly knowing who she is and being receptive to who she is and like being a safe space for her. It's probably another reason why she's drawn to him, too, because she tr he truly sees her. Um and it just makes their love story even more like heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Because again, she's an atheist. He is devoted to God. Um, and at the end of the series, duh, it's implied that, you know, something devastating happens. Her sister has an awakening and, you know, that whole moment is beautiful. The father um, has a sweet moment with the father and, and Fleabag have a sweet moment. And that's beautiful, too. Um, and even Fleabag and the godmother have a moment. They have a moment. It's not it's not satisfying, but it it's enough. It's just enough. Um and so you see that she's closing loops, she's she's ending things. Um she yeah, she's part of, of her sister's Claire's awakening, even, or the reason why she has it. And then, you know, Fleabag herself, she wants that happy ending. Um and you need to watch it to figure out if she does get that happy ending. But one of the things that absolutely does happen at the end um, is that she closes the fourth wall. She pantomimes not talking to the fourth wall anymore. Um, and whereas the camera followed her throughout the whole series, she stops the camera from following her at the end and then she just walks away. And so that whole moment is beautiful too. And what I know, having watched binge watched the series, is that I think the the main character who plays Fleabag, uh, Phoebe, she only wanted to do two seasons, and now she's she's not doing a third. So I think she's done with this. And that ending was a way to close the series for good. And I thought that was great. That was a great way to close the series. It it was heartbreaking at the end, ultimately because of what happened. Because you're not, it's like these loops are closed and you don't know if Claire um, is going to find her happy ending, but she's gone. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen between Claire and um, Fleabag's relationship. Or maybe when you watch it, you will. Um, some things have closed, some things have opened, and you think at the end that Fleabag's going to be okay. She doesn't know what the future holds, but she's going to be okay. And she's going to put one foot in front of the other. And so I think season two wrapped up really well. I think overall this series was gorgeous um, and beautiful and kind of very cringy, but still beautiful. All right, so Fleabag is a white show told from a white woman's point of view. There's no getting around that. Um, there are a few characters of color in the show, and there were so many missed opportunities to cast people of color, but they just didn't. And there's no excuse for it. That said, the show is smart, funny, raw, and kind of like aggressive. It's, it's passive aggressive. It's a passive aggressive show, but it's really good. Um, and worth watching. 
And while I spoiled aspects of season one and season two, I still think you should watch it because it's really good. Um, so yeah, uh, again, it's on Amazon Prime if you get it or you can bootleg it, whatever. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for today. Um, I watched other shows while I was binging this weekend, but I don't know. Like I watched Bruno um, on Netflix and I'm debating on whether or not I want to review that. Um, and some other shows too, but we'll see if I review them. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, be sure to leave me a message on um, anchor.fm. You don't have to have an account to send me a voicemail message or um, leave me a favorable comment. Just do so. Feel free to donate too uh, while you're there. Um, 99 cents is a helpful contribution. You can donate more, but even 99 cents will help. But if you don't want to do that, just share. Um, the episode, an episode with someone that you think might enjoy it. Um, Yeah, there's a ton of things that you might want to share. Like, for instance, um, Juneteenth is coming up. I'm going to do another episode on Juneteenth, but feel free to share the episode that I did last year on Juneteenth with someone that in your life that might enjoy it. Um, Yeah, or any other episode that I've done. Uh, Again, share Fast Color uh, if you thought that that might be something that someone in your life would enjoy. Um, yeah. Also leave me a favorable rating on all the places where you listen to this, uh, this podcast, this show, um, Pocket Cast, uh, Radio Public, Google, Spotify, Apple Music, of course, um, anywhere where you listen to this thing, leave me a favorable rating because that's how I'm going to, you're going to help me spread the word about the show, get more visibility on it, get some more support, um, and come up with better show ideas and, just do bigger and better things in 2019. Okay. All right. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening until next time.